What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode of the Chase to Must podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. The new Atlanta restaurant thrives off of a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine and is already racking up the awards, winning best-selling taste in the Taste of Atlanta Awards both in 2017 and 2018. So if you're in the metro Atlanta area and are wanting to try something new and good and delicious, Go to Panko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. You'll be glad you did, I promise. Panko Chicken, where eats meets West. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Thursday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am now joined by Jason Anderson of... One of my favorite uh, soccer blogs, it's um, a DC United team that I weirdly had a white DC United jersey from the 90s. It was gigantic and I wore it a lot. There are a lot of pictures of me when I'm growing up in a DC United jersey. I don't know why. Um, I think this is even pre-Freddie Adu. Um, a, lot of, a lot of crazy stuff there, but... Um, Black and Red United is the blog that I'm talking about, but Jason Anderson is here. Jason, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be on. Uh, it sounds like uh, any a baggy shirt in the 90s sounds like pretty much every shirt from the 90s. Yeah, it was like a uh, it was like a DC United Umbro stuff when Umbro was still cool with all the kids playing soccer and everything. Did mm-hmm. still wear Umbro? Is that still a soccer? Uh, thing I think days? I think Umbro came back as more of like a a little more upscale. Uh, but, but also for really? like, it's weird. Like, um, you can get Umbro stuff for kids, uh, but anything for the adults is more stylish and expensive. Uh, whereas the kids stuff is like it used to be. So it's like champion where champion did this weird return. Yeah. Champion stuff's expensive and cool. It's, it's very strange. Everything's yeah. cyclical and you should never buy anything expensive. That's what we've learned here. Um, so I touched on DC United, a team that's been, um struggling i would say um the last couple of years in mls it hasn't gone as well i think as you uh fans would like um it's not been like atlanta united who have just uh flourished jason um i don't know if you knew this or not but uh, they won it all last year and, they did um yeah um, they they've struggled against dc yes uh and why is that um well i think uh in 2017 um, when DC was absolutely the worst team in the league. Um, I think Atlanta, it was a, a little bit of them expecting it to be easy. And also DC was doing the one thing that you could do to slow down um, the Tata Martino version of Atlanta, which was you sit back, you take away all their space so that they can't get going and get that high octane attack uh, running in the open field. And all of a sudden it's it's a lot harder for them to do what they do. Um, and you'll still find spaces at the other side because they're throwing numbers forward. Um, this year, I think, uh, 
they just it happened to be a really good time to be playing Atlanta because they're still trying to get it together under um, Frank DeBoer, whereas DC came in and the back half of 2018 they were excellent and they came into this year and it was a very clear picture of what how it's supposed to work. So there was no um, getting it together in uh, March and April for DC. It was just keep doing what you've been doing, whereas Atlanta was trying to do a bunch of new stuff and it's you know it's been a little slow going for them. Well, let's talk about DC United this year. As we, as we all know, they were not uh, not good last year, but uh, they are pretty pretty solid well, this year. Um, I mean, I, points. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I would just say, I mean, twenty eighteen, they were they were good uh, in the back half. They were good enough to get uh, comfortably into the playoffs. So it's kind yeah. of yeah, twenty eighteen was a weird one where they were not very good during the pre Audi Field days, uh, mostly on the road, and then all of a sudden. Rooney came in, the stadium got built, they had a ton of home games, and all of a sudden um, they were one of the best teams in the league down the stretch. It um, fortunately um, ran into some uh, penalty kick problems with uh, Zach Steffen in the playoffs, but it was a weird one last year for sure. That's really strange. Uh, doing at, like, Have you been to a game at Audi Field, but also um, do, moving into a stadium mid-season, also a little strange. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever seen that in any other sport. Where you're just like, all right, um, we're gonna move in now instead of just waiting until the off season. I, I don't know of any other instance where that's actually happened. Uh, I think Toronto um, did that a few years ago. Sporting Kansas City did that as well. It's kind of, it's a weird so thing it's that MLS thing. Yeah, um, I think MLS teams they've just run into a thing where they get their stadium, um, the, all the permits and paperwork you need to start work. It all seems to get approved in a time frame that allows it to finish in the summer. Um, with DC, they'd been losing money for so long, um, at RFK that, uh, getting, getting into Audi field as fast as humanly possible was a huge, huge priority over, over everything else. So, um, they were dead set on getting in there, um, by July, they didn't even want to wait till August. So, um, their circumstances, I think were a little different. I think Toronto and Kansas city were more comfortable with it, but, with DC, it was a, like, we've been losing money for a long, long time. We can't keep losing money like this. So um, it was a, a rush, and it, it meant this bizarre 2018 schedule. Fortunately, this year has been much more normal. Why is DC United good this year? What's what's changed? I know they were good the back half last year, but why have they been able to sustain that success and uh, be tied for second in points right behind Philadelphia Union and a, a Montreal Impact team that um, I, I do have some questions about? But um, what what is working for them? Um, I think for the the in the early part of the year, it was sort of everything was going well. Um, in March, especially um, DC, I think I think they gave up one goal in March and had scored ten something like that. Um, so March was going great. Um, April was pretty good. Uh, they started to sort of slow down in May where it's sort of, you know, I wouldn't say they've been bad. They've just been below the standard they set early in the season. Um, and so the last, I guess we're now what mid June. So it's been like six weeks of not outright bad, but just not quite as good. Um, but that's, that's a part of the reason why they're high in the standings is that they're quote unquote, bad portion of the season has still been pretty decent by most team standards. It's just not quite what, you know, the back half of 2018 kind of promised a potential supporter shield challenger. Um, 
and they haven't quite delivered on that. They've just been a good team. Um, as far as the specifics, I think, you know, Wayne Rooney has been great. Uh, he's kept up pretty, pretty much the same form as last year. Um, is it so the, weird seeing him on your team? Like Wayne Rooney just plays for your team. Yeah. Um, you sometimes have to kind of, you know, you covering the team going down to the locker room to ask Wayne Rooney questions. It's sort of a weird thing. Cause it's, you know, it, it almost sounds like a cliche. It's like, I'm a, a regular person and regular people don't talk to international superstars. And yet there I am with my cell phone out asking Wayne Rooney about, you know, what did you think about, um, the other team's defensive shape tonight. It's not a thing that happens uh, to someone like me, but it, it has happened. So uh, it's weird. Um, but to his credit, he's been um, really comfortable with it. Um, the, the weirdness is on his side. It's the way we cover sports in the U S is different. So in England, there was no press availability for players. You know, the people writing articles don't come down to ask for quotes uh, down in the locker room. And now he's got to deal with us. Uh, uh, you know me and all the other DC United press people uh, after every home game, and it's different. But he hasn't had any complaints about that. He doesn't. Um, there are all the stories about how he doesn't complain about the travel, which is true. Um, it's all all that stuff. He's just taken it in stride. So um, he deals with it well, and and I think he likes the fact that um, our media, at least, we want to ask him soccer questions, and then we leave him alone. Um, whereas in England, obviously, if he tried to leave, there'd be people trying to, you know, follow him home from the stadium and this, that, and the third, and, and he can leave now his family can come to a game and no one really bothers them. It's probably quite nice on his end. I would imagine at this point. Can you explain the open cup to me as someone <laughs> who isn't a hundred percent certain of what any of this actually means? And I've been trying to piece it together. I am uh, still a novice when it comes to little things like that. I, can you explain the open cup? Uh, so the Open Cup uh, is basically a soccer version of March Madness, um, okay. where, I mean, it could be a better thing than it is, but it has also come a long way from where if you weren't physically in the stadium, you probably wouldn't hear anything about it. Um, but yeah, it's it starts with um, the best amateur teams um, and some semi-professional teams. They play around and then the teams in the USL championship uh, jump in and they just draw it out. It's not even, you know, March Madness has, you know, number one seed isn't necessarily going to play against another number one right away, but um, the open cup, you can get drawn against, you know, another very strong team, or you could, you know, like we talked about it with Atlanta, they're playing um, the Charleston battery right now. And that's a team from a lower level. Um, so yeah, it's 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 fun. It's kind of bizarre. It, it, the tournament itself doesn't automatically make it bizarre, but strange things happen in this tournament every single time. Um, I always tell people that trying if you can get to an open cup game, you should absolutely make time for it. They're always midweek, so it's usually easy to get tickets because the demand is is not as high, um, and things get weird um, because it's all you know. It's if you don't win, you're done. So. Um, you get some weird formations, you get, uh, scuffles, you get all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's the, you know, the oldest, uh, soccer tournament in the country. Um, you might eventually come across a time where, you know, DC United, for example, hosted an actual local amateur team of guys that are sponsored by a bar. Um, 
And so it was just, you know, a bunch of guys that have day jobs who happen to be pretty good at soccer for regular people. And they're out there playing against DC United. So it's the kind of thing that this is our only, this, the only tournament that American sports have or something like that can happen. Yeah, it's something that I feel like the NBA could adopt. Like, yeah. just going over and, like, getting the G League involved. And, like, the NFL obviously can do something like that, but they're looking to experiment more. And this seems like one of those interesting experimentations and getting different leagues involved and um, getting, like, maybe the Australian MB- MBDL League, all that kind of stuff. Like, there is, um, like, during that little offseason, having a little break in this long season, I think uh, that is something to explore. Um, last thing on DC United, we'll touch on a couple MLS things real quick. Um who is the young who is the young guy on this DC United team maybe on their uh their G League uh, basically affiliate like ATL United has ATL UTD2 which is one of the dumbest names um <laughs> in the world but uh it, it exists anyway uh, mm-hmm. but is there a young player specifically that you're excited about growing with this group do you have your own Joseph Martinez uh yeah um i, I mean no we don't have anyone quite like uh, Martinez, who's um, you know young but has already done so much in MLS. Um, but right now, DC has a guy named Griffin Yao who is 16. Um, they signed him to uh, in MLS, but most of his games have been with um, DC's B team, so to speak, uh, which is Loudoun United, which is out in uh, the Virginia suburbs, um, and. Yao actually, Yao played in the Open Cup game for D.C. last night, and he came into the game, and he didn't end up getting on the score sheet, but he ended up being very close several times, and it was a kind of a game where nothing was really happening, and all of a sudden, he gets in there, and um, he keeps coming close. He's getting on the end of balls in the box that that previously no one was getting to. Um, He's a quick player. He's a smart player. Um, Ben Olsen, after... um, one of his other appearances noted that um, Yao just has a knack for uh, making things happen. He gets apparently in practice, he gets a ton of goals that are like deflected goals, or um, he just happens to get a foot on a loose ball in the box. He's one of those guys that just has that knack. Um, He's played for the U S under 17s pretty frequently. He's, he's a starter for them. Um, And they're starting to become a little bit of a swell in the fan base to see him more regularly um, because some of the other guys that um, have been playing fairly frequently haven't really been uh, quite that sharp in front of goal. And all of a sudden you see Griffin Yao in friendly against uh, Real Batiste from Spain. He scored a goal in that Um, moments after coming on, actually he scored a goal Um, last night in the open cup game. He ends up being part of the reason DC could um, get a winner in that game. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of hype starting to surround him, and um, I think it's it's merited. He's a a legitimate talent. He could be a guy that is with the national team in a few years. Okay, and he's from the area, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Yao's from uh, the Virginia suburbs. Uh, uh, several of D- DC's homegrown players all seem to come from either the Virginia suburbs or the Maryland suburbs. It's kind of an even balance between the two. 
Interesting. Okay. A couple quick uh, MLS things that I wanted to touch on. Um, do you think Atlanta's back after the fire, the bore stuff that was going on start of the season, weird rotations, um, weird alignments, fans were not happy, they were losing, they didn't have that electric offense, losing Miguel Almiron obviously played a role, um, losing Barco for a month to go play at the national team after he was finally starting to click did not help things either, uh, but Petty Martinez is starting to find his rhythm and Joseph's starting to score again. Um, do you think Atlanta's back and that they're a real contender to go back-to-back now? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're back to where they were last year, but are, are they one of the best teams, you know, best six or seven teams in the league? Yeah, I would say that, um, you look at the talent that's there. Um, I think that's not in any, any question. Um, I think it's taken them longer than I thought to figure out what DeBoer wanted. Um, it's also taken longer than I expected. And maybe this is the bigger problem. Um, in my book is that it, it took longer for DeBoer to figure out what to do with this group of players. Um, but to their credit, I think it's like, what, seven wins in the last nine games, something like that. Um, they've been on a roll lately um, since uh, the start of May. Um, and, you know, the East is pretty, un- unfortunately for me as a DC fan, um, because I, because I think DC, if they had just kept their form up, they would have run away with the East. It would be almost out of the question already. Um, but unfortunately, they left the door wide open. And I look at the other teams and I say, well, you know, Philly's good, but they're not that good. Um, Montreal, uh, they seem to be out of place uh, up up this high. I think they're going to drop off some. They have a negative seven point differential, and they're tied for second. Like they yeah. uh, scored like twenty one goals and given up twenty eight. I don't understand how they're like eighteen eighty three or whatever it is. It's it's yeah, they're 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 a weird one. They got absolutely. I think they I think they lost seven to one to Sporting Kansas City uh, early in the season. So they had this sort of odd result that has thrown it off. But even if you take that away, you know, everyone else that's doing well in the East is, you know, plus five, plus eight, something like that. And they'd be even um, if you took that one out or, or they'd be at minus one. So they're a weird one for sure. They're always Montreal's always a little weird um, as a team. Um, they're always entertaining in their own way. Maybe the soccer isn't entertaining, but there's always some kind of drama with them. Um, but yeah, with Atlanta, I think. Um, the East is there for the taking. Um, I think Atlanta could win it. I think DC could win it. Um, Philly might be able to hang on. Um, I think someone like Toronto FC has a few games in hand, so maybe they can um, climb back up and catch up. So um, it's, it's, it's out there for, for anyone that wants it basically. And Atlanta, you know, if they've, they've got this um, winning form right now, maybe, maybe it's going to be them. I, I still hope it's DC, but it would take DC, um, putting some things together that they haven't, or at least they hadn't done in, in the month of May. So we'll see. It's going to be an exciting time in the East, but it also might be a little, a little bizarre. I mean, Montreal might not go away, for example, even though it seems like they should. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to follow on that front. Um, who's the best team to watch? I know you watch DC United, obviously, but is there a team in particular that you've really enjoyed watching this season outside of um, your team? Um, I mean, I hate to pick the team at the top of the standings, but um, LAFC has been putting on a show. Um, they really are. It's not just winning soccer. It's it's really entertaining soccer. Um, watching uh, Carlos Vela, if he keeps up the pace that he's had this year with goals and assists, it'll probably be the best individual season anyone's ever had in the league. Um, Diego Rossi isn't too far behind him. Um, they play 
it's very much a front foot style. It's stylish soccer. They want to keep the ball. Um, Bob Bradley is always coming up with positions for players that, you know, you look at them and you're like, how the hell is that guy going to play that role? Um, and then it works uh, like a charm. He, you know, he has Latif Blessing playing as a ball winning central midfield, right? Uh, central midfielder right now. And previously he had just been known as a fast uh, winger. And all of a sudden it's like, you're going to pull him inside. How's that going to work? And it actually is like, Oh, you know, maybe I should shut up and listen to the guy that has uh, coached the national team and coached in Europe and um, won some trophies in this league. Um, yeah. They, they put on a show pretty much every game. Um, there's a real tent on entertaining fans and also winning games uh, from LAFC that I think is pretty admirable. Um, they came to DC and uh, they dismantled DC. Um, and I, you know, it was one of those games you just had to, you couldn't even be mad. You just had to tip your hat to them because they were just the better team uh, for 90 minutes. It was pretty, pretty impressive to see. Last thing, and then we'll wrap up. Um, what is the biggest storyline um, that you're excited to monitor after this break? Um, I think right now um, it might be, can LAFC make some history? Because when I look at their um, points per game total, I think they're on a pace that would be the highest point total in league history. Um and we just had that, you know, um, the Red Bulls just got that um, not not too long ago. And yet here we are, LAFC might one up them um, this quickly. So I think that to me is, is potentially going to be drawing a ton of eyeballs um, as the as the season goes on, because um, you don't see a team play the high risk style that they do and have this much success in MLS um, on a very regular basis. It's pretty rare. Usually the the best teams, you know, Atlanta just, you know, stomped the gas pedal uh, in their best season. The Red Bulls have their high press, but they weren't that much fun to watch because it's just a bunch of guys tackling people. Um, so to see LAFC where they do high press, but it's not necessarily as um, crude, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, they're, they could be on to something historic this year. So I think they're, they're right now um, the team that – in the next couple of months, everyone's going to be paying attention to. All right. There you have it. Um, is there anything we need to check out from you this week on the site or anywhere else before we get out of here? Um, I, we we're covering, uh, both, I were both, uh, we're covering DC United. Uh, I've got a Washington spirit game on the weekend that I'll be covering. Um, Loudoun United is playing at Audi field on Saturday. Um, the women's world cup is going on. We're covering that pretty extensively. So, if you go to blackandredunited.com, you'll see a ton of uh, work. We we probably should find something to do social as far as social lives go, but instead we do this. <laughs> social lives are overrated. As yeah, exactly. It's like 19 different jobs. Um, <laughs> host a podcast every weekday night after going to work. So I can tell you um, I'm with you, and it's it's great. We're, we're psychos, but uh, it's a good kind of psycho. So yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Um, I really appreciate it. And we will have to talk MLS and DC United again soon. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you want me back on, I'm happy to do it. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks a lot. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I uh, just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, 
remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.